0: Hello and welcome! This is the LCU Podcast. A podcast that will bring stories, insights, and people from Lubbock Christian University. I'm your host, Keegan Stewart, and I'm excited to be with you for another episode. Today's episode, Storytime with Doc. Belovingly known as Doc, Dr. Don Williams has as decorated of a history with LCU as anybody. If you have come through LCU, you know who Doc is. He first started working at LCC in 1969 as a faculty member, and he has been here ever since. He has at least taught one course at LCU every year from 1969 to present day. He has served as dean of the college. He has served as assistant to the president with Dr. Pruitt back in the 70s. He has left a remarkable impact that will live on forever. So story time with Doc. We're going to sit down with him have a conversation. Learn from him and his perspective on LCU. Today we talked about how he has seen all seven LCU presidents and he has worked with each and every one of them. He also gives us a fun insight into the time when LCU had a football team. It was a great conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Here is the first episode of Storytime with Doc. Doc, thanks for joining us today.
1: Oh, you're welcome. Nice to have an invitation to join you.
0: Is this uh, is this your first podcast? Yes. So, what do you what do you think about the podcast medium, Doc? Are you a are you a podcast listener yourself? Are you downloading episodes on your phone, or are you still you still feeling
1: it out? I'm still checking it. I, Sean got uh, got me started yeah. because he did that podcast, an interview, and got me to thinking maybe I need to do some with some of our alums from the times past so we have a record historically of what uh, for instance KLCC was like when I came in 69 and we were a little bit of an outlaw station then we went carrier <laughs> current and I had some really fine station managers so I think that would be fun to do.
0: yeah you should you should check it out. it's growing and growing. It's a growing industry. You just mentioned in 69 when you came back as a faculty member. Doc, you have taught at least one class at LCU or LCC every year from that point, 1969 to 2022, present day. What What's the biggest difference in the classroom from that first year to just earlier this year in the spring semester, 22? What's the biggest difference in the classroom?
1: Well, I think one of the things is the change in the students who are used to more of a visual approach Mm. rather than taking notes, because I know when I started in 69, I made a lot of transparencies for overhead projection. I even did some slideshows because I thought it was important for them to see some things rather than just take the notes. And... And in fact, I found some of my old uh, uh, slick sheets there from the transparencies, uh, days of the transparencies. And I was looking at those, and I thought, well, that's that's interesting, the change, because it's, it's so much easier now to create on the computer and to create a PowerPoint, to move photos over, which... I was thinking back to when I did those slideshows. I had to make 35-millimeter slides. <laughs> I had those separated from the outline that I would put with a transparency. So, yeah, it's a whole lot simpler. And uh, I think this group expects it Yeah. at this point. Um, I know the last time I taught persuasion, I thought this is unbelievable that I can bring in All of this material of current events, we were tracking the presidential election, we were discussing uh, fact versus uh, fiction in some of the events of that campaign and of the election, and it was just marvelous because I look back to when I first started teaching, I would make a lot of, a ton of Xerox copies of articles that I might share with the class or at least give them highlights and now I can send that to them via the email mm-hmm. and they actually see the whole not just bits that I selected so that to me is a great advantage that these and and I remind my students that I get a little upset when they're lazy because they have at their fingertips <laughs> so much information. All they have to do is go online, put the title, subject, whatever in. They have an unending. They don't have to go to the library like I made the students do when I came in 69. Um, that, that's a major advantage for them. And I'm afraid they get a little lazy sometimes. Uh, not, w- well, they're happy for me to give it to them. Sure. And they're not necessarily <laughs> as energized to go out and find it.
0: With the increase of technology in the classroom, now you have to worry about uh, that technology serving as a distraction, don't you? you got to, hey, get off your
1: phone, and, hey, why are you, what are you doing on your computer? Are you taking notes or surfing the web? And, Yes, that's that's always one um, I guess what irritates me Keegan, is um the fact that they think I don't see things <laughs> that's right. I know I'm old, but I am seeing the fact that they're not taking notes that they're they're surfing fishing doing something, playing games so I have a tendency to call that to their attention
0: good for you can't let it slide
1: can off buddy
0: <laughs> so you've been here since 1969, as we mentioned, and and what that means is you have seen uh, all seven LCU, LCC presidents.
1: That's correct. You've seen them all be. I've worked with all of them.
0: You've worked with all seven. When somebody asks you about that, what are some of the first thoughts that come to your mind uh, about that?
1: Well, I see it that each president played a significant role in a specific time period. Dr. Maddox, who was first, really had to do a lot of work to lay the foundation. When I came here, for instance, as a freshman in nineteen sixty, we had the administration building and Katie Rogers were the two permanent buildings, everything else barracks. And there yet he had put together a really solid group of faculty, which demonstrated to me that you've got to have that as the core. You've got a great faculty. The buildings, you have to have certain equipment, science labs, etc. cetera. But he was diligent in maintaining this idea that he could see into the future, that he had a dream. And I got we were we were in fact so caught up with that that that's why I wanted to come back to teach because mm-hmm. I wanted to be a part of fulfilling that dream that Dr Maddox had. Uh, Dr Hacker came in after Dr Maddox uh, a bit. He was here two years, but he played a significant role, in my opinion, in expanding some of the areas and in getting people to think about continuing to think about the future that we had. Dr. Pruitt came following Dr. Hacker, and I worked as his assistant when he was dean and when he was president. And we put we put together uh, the first 10-year self-study with Sachs in 1976 uh dr pruitt had a dream and he was also very um, very oriented to getting things properly done Uh, we we wanted to have a clear-cut picture of the board's role and of the administration's role that 76 Cell study helped us establish that and solve some issues that we had had in the past concerning the board and their involvement in the daily activities. Um, Doctor Pruitt also was a jokester, <laughs> and sometime we'll talk about a lesson that we learned when we tricked the faculty. Oh yeah, with uh, a guest who came to campus who happened to be Dr. Pruitt but we'll save that one for All right. for another time. i did my notes. But when when he envisioned the affluent water project and he got um, representative Mahon to support us and we received one of the largest federal grants ever given out for a study in the affluent in the use of affluent water and of course uh Brother Hancock secured some land for us near Wilson, so we had a large project going with that. Um, Dr. Pruitt kept us moving again toward that dream. When he decided um, in the, after six years to re- step down, then he, we invited uh, Dr. Limley to mm-hmm. come back well, Dr. Limley was here as dean. Sure. When, and I should have said that earlier. He came as dean during Dr. Pruitt's time. And Dr. Limley served for a decade as president. And in my opinion, based on that decade, it was a time for us, uh, in a sense, I called it the Roman peace, because we tried to solidify and to stabilize the university financially, um, and to grow the student body with that. And I did fail to mention one thing. And that was during, um, Dr. Pruitt's, uh, presidency, and we'll talk about this some other time, but he did have a a goal and we established football for three years and played, um, in the non-scholarship hmm. intercollegiate, about that. and there's some interesting stories there that we could look at sometime.
0: So um, the joke that LCU students make on occasion, saying that LCU football is undefeated since and, yeah. since 84 since 84. So that is true, but not undefeated all time. Assuming that that football team, well, that if you start
1: in 84. We only had one win in those three years. Oh no. Yeah. Also it's really bad. So it, it eighty four <laughs> was a year we dropped it. So we're undefeated since we dropped it.
0: Since eighty four.
1: We defeated a team from Monterey, Mexico. Really? Yeah. Well, how about that? That was a big victory. Was it was it in Lubbock or was it in Yeah, Mexico? we played it we played the first game at Lowry Field. Okay. And the then we came over here to LCS's Lena Stevens uh-huh. football field and played there. Um so did you witness the only victory in LCU football history? Yes. How about that? I I did the announcing. You announced it. Yeah. Charles Stevenson was a spotter. We had a, <laughs> we had a great. fun time. <laughs> That's great. It was great up in the booth. Um and in fact we got in trouble a time or two you know, because we said some things over the air, maybe we shouldn't have. Um a comment or two about the coaching decisions on a fourth and one. Yeah. When um <laughs> we we had a lead over Mike Murray. Uh-huh. And we had not made one one running play all day maybe had made a yard and we had a fourth and one and the coach decided to go for it and we didn't make it and mcburry got the ball kicked a field goal and won the game oh, man. and we made a comment that shouldn't have been on the air well but it was just why are we going for it <laughs> yeah. well
0: nowadays Doc, i think some of the most liked broadcasters are the ones that are the most candid so maybe that would go really well these days
1: Oh, I think we were way ahead of our time. I think so. <laughs> we, I think so. We had, uh, But we had a good experience, and, and that was an interesting time starting from scratch no kidding. with football. Um, we hired a graduate from Tech. He had been a field goal kicker. Oh, he sure. came out. Now, the interesting thing is that he was followed by Coach Carthel, and Coach Carthel had been at Eastern, and he came over – as an assistant came over here and coached and actually we he's, we were improving even in a non-scholarship league mm-hmm. everybody had been playing and so you had experienced teams um, that you just can't start a program except we did in softball women's softball first year national championship yeah, that. Uh, but in that sense with Carthel he coached and went to Eastern and then went to WT after a break he stopped coaching for a time and he was very successful at WT so part of the issue here was trying to start from scratch is a tough thing and we had three years and then Decided that we'd better hang it up. So, and, and that I, happened with Doctor Pruitt.
0: I was with Pruitt. You're working very closely with him as his assistant. You're in the you're in the thick of it. You're learning a lot. I'm assuming.
1: Oh, I did. Yes. Yeah. And Southern Association rules and regulations. <laughs> and and of course, we were also working diligently, continuing to add things to the campus. Mm sidewalks, benches, swing sets, so um, a lot to try to beautify and and make the students feel comfortable. Then Dr. Pruitt resigned as I said and Dr. Limley came on board. He invited me to be Dean and we had 10 years there of stability that was very important for the University and I think is the reason that we could, that in the '90s we began to grow when Dr. Jones came on board. Uh, Dr. Jones really sold the idea that we were a first rate institution, mm. and he taught leadership, and we began to grow. And when you look at enrollment charts, that period of the '90s into the 2000s was very significant. And so we we had an extended period with Dr. Jones. I think it was 20 years, close to it. And then uh, we brought um, Dr. Perrin in, and that was that was a fun time simply because his mom and dad had been so important mm. in the development. And I should mention that his uncle Jerry Perrin had been a vice president had actually come here as chair of the education department and then became a vice president and jerry was big into projects he's the one that got us to do sidewalks Mm. and he he wanted to beautify the campus and jerry was very important during this during that period of the of the 80s 90s until he retired and of course I thought Dr. Perrin did a super job for us, really uh, stimulating alumni. And each of these presidents has always reminded us of Dr. Maddox's words that he actually delivered in 92 here in a chapel when he said, you know, you've got to hold on to that dream, don't lose it. Mm. And I've seen that through all the leadership. And I've seen it also through the faculty because we've had such long tenured uh, faculty members. In fact, in 76, when we had that uh, first self-study for a ten-year accreditation, when the visiting team came to campus and they had read our report, which was about 400 pages, um, and they pointed out to me one day, because I was coordinating with them, the, that they were highly impressed that we had such longevity among the faculty that when they were looking through here, people weren't here for two years or three years and then leave. They had been here for 10 years. They'd been here for 15 years. And they thought that was a very big positive for the, for the college at that time. So um, we had uh, Mr. Perrin, and, of course, now we have a new president of two years.
0: Yes. Right? Since 2020.
1: That's right. Dr. McDowell. And and that's been, I think, a very interesting time. Um, again, I'm kind of a observer now, still <laughs> teaching some, but at least I'm not going to meetings. that. You know, I spent half of my life in meetings mm-hmm. as a dean, as director of grad studies. And I should throw that in. I'm sorry, I got out, you know. No, you're good. You'll have to forgive me for chronologically skipping. Not a problem. But um, when I stepped down as a dean, I became director of grad studies and we had a period there of of really trying to grow online and of course everybody was kind of getting on board and we had some some success but the mindset was still we needed them here and that we transitioned out of that although now as you know nursing is going to go back into online Mm -hmm. and that i think is important because we have we were early participants in the online and it's just grown exponentially by it because everybody now is trying to make some type of contribution mm-hmm. through the online studies where you don't have to go you don't have to move you can do your work you can continue to to maintain your job and so that all occurred uh, uh, with Dr. Jones before he left and then um, Dr. Perrin helped us and we got I think a real stability again because you have the ups and downs the ebb and flow of uh, the university and we needed again a period to kind of take a breath get everything cited because the culture is changing so radically and the idea of whether everybody needs to go to school to college or not yeah. has become very important, and the push for vocational, or then the push for the folks who are already out and are looking for a second career, and we experimented with that with our management degree uh, back in the late eighties, nineties there, and that. Is an area we might look at sometime. Sure. So you see,
0: you know, all the six previous LCU presidents, and then President McDowell is coming in here. There's a pandemic going on. It's just a crazy time to start. What was your advice for President McDowell, someone new to the LCU community, after after seeing the first
1: six presidents here? Well, my advice, again, is he's our president, and he needs, as he's pointed out, a vision. And he has a clear vision. That's what impressed me. He's been pushing for that. Um, And you have to weather that transition because, uh, you know, older people like me don't change as easily. (laughs) uh, But I think, again, he has such a drive and he's so spirited um, and so desirous to make this university grow it it affects the whole environment of the campus and his desire to to make changes where they're needed we've got new facilities coming up facilities that we've needed mm-hmm. particularly the dorm uh, that's going to be a major adjustment for us to have a new facility because you have uh, Katie Rogers, as I said, was here when I came in '60. The Johnson Hall, I had graduated. I think they got Johnson Hall in '64. Mm. Um, but I love the barracks because we had so much fun. There was never any danger of a fire in our barracks because everything was waterlogged. Mm. So wow. we had too many water fights. But <laughs> uh, but again, I think it's it it. Dr. McDowell has insights, and he is surrounding himself, which, again, is, in my opinion, is what you have to do as a leader. You need to get people who have the current temperature of our environment. And I think we have a new provost coming in. I think he—I was impressed with his interview— uh, because he has such a knowledge of where higher it is going. And I think we have to have that. Mm-hmm. I think you have to step outside your own comfort zone often in order to find those people that can come in and help you. And I believe he will. And I, I see that as a major uh, step in the right direction by President McDowell.
0: LCU in 2022 it's still a great place to be isn't it doc
1: Oh I love it it's, I you know I'm still sitting out here in the summer Yeah uh,
0: I know I was, I bumped into you doc you ever take a vacation I mean man Well I'm it's trying June, It's June 23rd and you're still out here just grinding away
1: Yeah well I'm trying to write a book
0: Oh good for you What's the what's the book
1: uh, it's about the backyard commander It's a story of growing up in the 50s Oh that's awesome what? I think it, I think it'll be fun. Ward Lane, who is one of the trustees, yes. yes, sir. He and I have a little competition going. He's been writing books, and he brought this by and said, "You know, here's my latest book, but I don't see yours." Oh, so I told little him challenge, huh? I'm going to have to do this and get it done. So <laughs> I've been working on it, and I may have you help me because I'm thinking that I might. Read this book. Yeah, let's get it on audio it let's and get, put let's, the audio.
0: Let's get it on. Let's get it on every audio book distribution place we can, Doc.
1: Well, and I think that way I get head award.
0: Yeah, he does. Is he on audio?
1: He's he's print. Okay, so I am going audio.
0: I want to be able to read your book while mowing the lawn.
1: Or well, you which, could, which yeah, which, I, which
0: I can do with audio. Yep. So there we go, Doc. This will this will conclude our very first edition of Storytime with Doc on the LCU Podcast. Thanks for the time today.
1: Thank you. I enjoyed it very much.
0: Thank you all for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and send it to somebody that you know. Uh, please leave us a rating and review. Give us a follow. Give us a Hit the subscribe button for us and look on lcu.edu and all of our social media for more content coming. I'm your host, Keegan Stewart. Thank you so much for listening to the LCU podcast. God bless. Thanks for listening to LCU's podcast. For more content like this, go to lcu.edu.